Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Well, I also want to welcome you. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome to everyone who's here in the Worship Center on the Modesto campus. And welcome to everybody who were with you wherever you are in the online campus. And if it is your very first time at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we want you to know we're really glad that you're here. We hope today is an incredible encouragement to you as you've come together with the family of God who's come to worship Jesus Christ and to hear from God's word, to be in community with one another, to fellowship with one another, to remember the Lord in communion. Thank you, my friend. And to use gifts of service and, and to bring gifts to the Lord. And that by being here today, you're encouraged. And that would be our hope for you, for all of you who are here for the first time. And so welcome. We're really glad that you're here. We're in a series about being members of the body. And today we're going to be in John chapter 17. If you have a Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of John. We'll be looking at chapter 17. As Pastor Scott shared, he set up our time in the Word of God. Great. As we participated in remembering the Lord in communion. And if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you a Bible free. It's our gift to you. Just come to this room over here that has the title, The Altar Room. It's a room we pray for people in. We have free Bibles there. Just come in the Modesto campus right here. We want to give you a Bible right after the gathering. If you're with us on our online campus, just contact our team and let us know you need a Bible. We want to get a Bible to you. We want to make sure everyone has a copy of the Word of God. Uh, before we get into our text, I'll uh, we'll do a few things here. One, just remind you that we've had our membership class. We're offering it uh, really weekly at a bunch of different times across our campuses during this series specifically on our Modesto campus, our online campus, our series campus. We also have the online on demand. We're in the fifth week of this series during the first three weeks of the series, there were 17 people who completed the membership process and became members of Big Valley Grace Community Church. So we're celebrating that. And also, there are many more who are in process taking the class right now. And so if you're one of those 17 who you're a new member at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we want to say welcome. We're glad to, to have you here and, and welcome, absolutely. And if you are in process with the membership class, just keep, keep working that process. And I'm sure that uh, we'll be able to report many who throughout this series have, have taken that step to become members. Um, we want to take some time to pray over this passage. We remember two families. We've got two families from our team who they're literally at the hospital right now and the mamas are in labor. And that first is Pastor Brandon Peterson, our online campus pastor, his wife, Andrea, they're at the hospital, she's in labor, but also our series worship 
uh, leader. His name is Jordan Dolan. His wife Taylor, they're at the hospital and she's, she's in labor. And so uh, trying, to build the, trying to build the kingdom, right? We're trying to build the kingdom of God, trying to build children's ministry around here. So it's great. So let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. And thank you that we're gonna have an opportunity to look at a prayer. It's the prayer of the son of God. And as we look at this prayer, would it speak loudly to our lives? We lift up these families, the Petersons, the Dolans, Lord, and they represent others who are welcoming children into their homes. But we pray for the mamas and we pray for the babies. God, would your hand and protection be on them? And uh, Lord, would they be encouraged through, through this moment as their church family's praying for them? Lord, uh, would we really be about what you want us to be about? And as we look at this prayer, this prayer of Jesus, would it be so informative to us of how we might live and respond to you? And so help us, God, help us to hear from your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. All God's family said, amen. So in verse one, it says, when Jesus had spoken these things, this is John chapter 17, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, so he, he gets done teaching, he gets done talking, working with his disciples. He moves into a time of prayer with the Father. And he begins, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. He begins this prayer and it's about the glory of God, that the father might be glorified. And this is very consistent with really Christ's focus as a whole. He is about God the father being glorified. And I read that uh, and this week what's really stuck out to me this week was it was the family relationship, that there's a son that's praying that the Father might be glorified. And that really stuck out to me from a family standpoint. And I thought about our church family, that we might be praying for one another, that we would glorify the Lord. I thought about my own family, um, praying for the members of my family, that we might glorify God, praying for each member. And, and that might be instructive to you as you think about those that you're in relationship with, that you might be praying for them, that they would glorify God. Verse two, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And so Jesus is praying that the father would be glorified and that he has glorified the father because he's doing the job. He's been given authority over all flesh to give eternal life from the father through the son to the people who God the father is giving to the son. In Acts, we find out that a title for Jesus is the author of life. He's the author of life. He has authority over all of life. And he is playing the role that the father has for him to, pray, uh, to play as he brings life and he writes the story of life to the people that God has for him to bring it to. And he explains eternal life in, in verse three. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What is eternal life? Eternal life is knowing the Father. If you know the Father, you have eternal life. If you do not know the Father, you do not have eternal life. And it is the role of the Son to introduce you and bridge the gap between the Father and you and introduce you to the Father. So what does Jesus want for your life? Jesus wants you to know the Father. What is the desire of Jesus Christ, the Son of God? It is that you would know the Father and the way to the Father is through him. And so he is praying and, and saying, you know, to the Father, I've glorified you because I've done what you have given me to do. And that is to bridge 
to people that they might know the Father. Verse four, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And in this phrase, I glorified you on earth, it's really showing the purpose. This is the purpose that Jesus had. It was to glorify the Father and his purpose, it informed his activity. His purpose informed his mission. So what does the work that he does? I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So because he's focused on bringing glory to the Father, he then is focused on accomplishing the mission that the Father has given him to do. Verse five, and now Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. This is an incredible statement. And this statement really spans across all of time. It speaks to the eternality of Jesus Christ. He says, glorify me in your own presence with the glory I had with you before the world existed. In other words, before creation, the Son was in glory with the Father. And here you have, in this point in the Son's ministry, he's heading towards the cross, and he's saying, Father, I want you to be glorified as he's heading towards the cross to die on the cross for our sin, that he would be buried in a tomb, he would be resurrected to new life, conquering both sin and death, and then being ascended to be back into the throne room with the Father in glory in heaven. And in this one prayer, he's spanning all of that in this one line. Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. From glory to glory to glory. Verse six, I have manifested your name. When, the, when, when it says the name of the Lord in scripture, it, it's more than just the word, it's more than a title like you and I have a name and that's how we're identified is by our name. In scripture, when it talks about the name of the Lord, it's talking about the whole person. It's the whole character. It's all of who God is. And Jesus is saying, I have manifested, I have made known your person, your character. I have made known who you are to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. This speaks of the ownership of the Father, that the Father is the owner. Yours they were. These people that Jesus ministered to, they belong to the Father, and the Father gave them to the Son, and these people have kept the word from the Father. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Verse seven, now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, which is an incredible statement if you think of all the miracles that Jesus did, all the conversation he was a part of, all of the ministry that was in the Son of God, in Jesus Christ, and he's saying, when I did all of that ministry, the people I did the ministry with, they knew the source was the Father. Now they know that everything that you've given me, it is from you, that the Father, because Jesus is constantly pointing to the source of the Father. Incredible. Verse eight, for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. So the Father has words. And the Father has given words to the Son, and the Son gave the words of the Father to people. And these people that he's praying about, 
They received the words. And they have come to know that those words are true. And that Christ came from the Father. The Son came from the Father. And that they have believed that the Father had sent the Son. It's an incredible picture of how the Word of God does the work. And when the Word of God is in play in any situation, the Word of God is accomplishing a work for God. Let me put it this way. You should expect to use your Bible. You should expect to use your Bible. You should expect to use your Bible every day. You should expect to read your Bible every day. And as you read your Bible every day and God hides his word in your heart, you should expect that there's going to come a moment. There's going to come a conversation. There's going to come something in your day where the word of God is going to be ready on your lips, coming out of your heart because the word has a work to do. You just don't know it yet, but you should expect to use your Bible. You should expect that the word of God is going to take action in your life every day. The word of God at work. Now, as we head into the rest of his prayer, we're going to look at it in two sections and we're going to look at it through the lens of how can we look at what Jesus prays and how can it be informative to us about how we can be supportive to the entire church family. And there's two ways that we're going to look at from here to be supportive to the entire church family, two categories really. And way number one is through prayer. It's through prayer, that we'd be supportive to our church family through prayer. Hopefully, when you came into the Modesto campus, you were handed this 45 days of prayer guide. If you're on our online campus, you can download this online. If you did not receive one of these when you came in, please grab one on your way out. This is important for us, that we would spend 45 days together as a church in prayer. It is very simple each day, but it is very strategic, praying through various aspects of our church family. And as we look at uh, this first section in this prayer about where Jesus is praying for us, I would hope that it would be a great encouragement to you and really inspire you to take this challenge and to pray with us together for 45 days as it'll take us through uh, Easter, through Resurrection Weekend. So in verse nine, it says very simply, Jesus says, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So he's very specifically talking about, he's praying for people the Father has given him. All mine are yours, so all of the sons are the fathers, and all yours are mine. All of the fathers are the sons, and I am glorified in them. So very specifically, Jesus is praying for those who belong to the Father. And how he prays, can instruct us on how we can be praying for our lives and one another as a church family. One of the things we can do is we can be praying for God's unity. Praying for God's unity. In verse 11, I am, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. In the same way that the Son of God and the Father God are united perfectly, they're one. It is the prayer of the Son of God that we might be one, that we might be united perfectly. And this is a way that you can be praying over your own life, pray for God's unity in your own life, but also praying for your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ to be praying unity over the family of God. In fact, we're gonna do that right now. Let me pray. Father God, Lord, as I look at this verse, 
I pray that you would keep us in your name. You would keep us in your person. You would keep us in the whole character of you, which you have given to the Son, and that we might experience unity. We might be one, even as the Son and the Father are one. I pray for our board of elders team. Would we have God's unity as a team? I pray for our staff, for those who serve as volunteers in this ministry, that we would have God's unity. I pray across our campuses, our Modesto campus, our online campus, our series campus, that we would have God's unity. I pray for Big Valley Christian School, an incredible ministry of this church, that we would have God's unity. I pray for all the small groups that are meeting in neighborhoods as lighthouses and harbors for God's unity and that neighborhoods would be different because there's people who are united by God operating in those neighborhoods. I pray for the ministries across our campus and into our community that we would have God's unity. Lord, would we be the answer to this prayer? And would we be united as an answer to this prayer? Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen. amen. As we continue to look at this prayer of Christ, we can be praying for God's assurance. Praying for God's assurance. In verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. If you wanna see other passages where we see how God's assurance is displayed, the father shows how he guards in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30, and it describes that when we are in the father's hand, we cannot be taken out of the father's hand. If you wanna see how the word of God speaks to us being assured in our salvation, you could turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, and it describes how those who believe might know that they have salvation, that you would know it, that you would know that you have salvation, that you would be assured in your salvation. It's a part of our statement of faith. The statement of faith here at Big Valley Grace Community Church, it's actually statement of faith number six. It's about the salvation of man. Let's look at it together. We believe that salvation is the free gift of God's grace from sin, death, and hell to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Every believer has eternal life and complete security in the finished work of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for our sins and arose from the dead, thus guaranteeing our own resurrection and eternal life. Complete security, guaranteeing. God wants you to be assured that you have salvation in him. And these are all the passages. You can find this online. It's part of our, our statement of faith, our constitution. Praying for God's assurance in your own life and for the lives of your brothers and sisters. We can be praying for God's joy. Praying for God's joy. In verse 13, but now I'm coming to you that these things I speak, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. 
that we would have the joy of the Lord fulfilled in our lives. If you wanna look more at that, you can look at John 15. In John 15, verses nine through 11, Jesus is speaking and he's, he's giving instruction that we're to abide in him, we're to abide in his word, we're to follow his commandments. Why? All because it leads to that we might have the fullness of joy in him. That our joy might be full in Jesus Christ as we abide in him. Praying for God's joy. We can be praying for God's joy over one another as a church family. We can be praying for God's truth. Praying for God's truth. In verse 14, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Isn't that interesting? Jesus Christ gives us the word from the Father and because the word, we have the word from the Father, the world will hate us. The world has hated them because they're not of the world just as I am not of the world. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But there's a real battle that's happening. There's a real war that's taking place, which is why it's so important to understand a passage like Ephesians 6 that talks about the whole armor of God, that we'd be praying the whole armor of God over one another. Praying for the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, praying at all times. I have prayed the armor of God over you many times that God would protect you. I have prayed the armor of God over my family that God would protect them. We need to be praying for God's Protection, which leads us into the next one. Praying for God's protection. In verse 15, Jesus says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And so in other words, there's destruction happening in this world and it's not the prayer of God that he would remove us from it, but that he would keep us safe in the middle of a scene that is destructive. Yesterday, before we began our gatherings for the weekend, our team spent time praying Psalm 91 over you. The Lord is our refuge and he is our fortress. And we prayed for you this weekend, protection over you, over your life. But keep them from the evil one. The evil one is real. And the evil one is actually empowering evil in people. And we see this in lots of ways. This week, I would imagine there is a specific way that we've seen evil empowered that has caught all of our attention, maybe more significantly than other things. As we see the conflict that's happening between nations. I mean, just looking at the news feed will show you how many articles are coming out. This was just from Friday morning. How many articles were coming out? They're just flowing, flowing, flowing. How many articles are coming out regarding the conflict that's happening between two nations that are at war? And these two nations that are at war, it may be far away, but it's impacting people here. It's impacting everyone. Let me give you some examples. One, Pastor Rick Thompson, he has a grandson. It's not his actual grandson, but it's a, it's a, a boy that they've really welcomed to be a part of their family. He's from Ukraine. He put on a uniform, and he went to war. He's 19. His name's Nick. 
Last weekend, I had the opportunity to be with my brother's family. They live in San Francisco, and my sister-in-law is from Russia. They fled when she was 10 to the United States, and she began to share all of what growing up in Russia was like for her. One of our missionaries, Todd Honeycutt, yesterday morning sent us a video of how when you bring gifts to Jesus Christ through the ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church, it has helped fund action that he is taking right now to help refugees from this war. And we have that video to share with you right now. Let's watch it together. Hello, Big Valley family. This is Todd Honeycutt, leaving our house right now. Just wanted to show you some of what your giving is doing. As you may know, Budapest is on the cusp of what's going on in Ukraine right now. And at our daughter's school the other day, we got a message that there was a small hotel housing 16 adults and 30 children, uh, you, uh, refugees from Ukraine, and the hotel is mandated by the government that they have to take care of them and feed them and all of this. This is just a tiny little hotel that only does summer vacations and stuff like that. So your giving has purchased, we bought them a nice refrigerator, a big refrigerator that'll be coming uh, in two days. And uh, that'll be the place where they can put, you know, lunch meats and cheeses and stuff. Because, again, this isn't a hotel that's set up to feed people. And then if you can see inside of our car, blankets, pillows, bedding, that'll uh, be a blessing to these people. Let's go out to the hotel. Here's the pile of pillows and blankets and everything that were purchased. It'll be used for this small hotel. Just unloaded everything with everyone. I saw some of the people here in this hotel. Normally for about 30 people, about 50 people in here. 30 young children. And uh, a lot of them are from the border with Ukraine. They're not actually Ukrainians, but they're Hungarian Ukrainians. And um, uh, the government thought that they needed to get away from the war as well. They're very apologetic. They're like, we don't want to ask for anything. And I'm like, there's people that want to help. Please let us help. And I went to the store to buy all the sheets and towels and everything. And, and the lady was... Um, as we were finishing up, she's like, oh man, what karma that you found me. I'm the only one that speaks English in this store. And I said, it wasn't karma, it was the Lord. And I assured her, I shook her hand at the end and I said, you were an answer to prayer. I walked into the store not knowing how I could do all this stuff and get all this stuff in the right sizes and everything. And you were an answer to prayer. She's like, oh, okay. So you can pray for these folks, the difficulty that they have being away from home and trying to figure out what they're gonna do in their future. Thank you so much for giving. We appreciate your partnership in the gospel. Father God, Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are, they're in the middle of war. And we, we ask him that you help them. And, and according to this prayer, the prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you'd keep them from the evil one. And so we pray, we join Christ in this prayer. And we ask protection from the evil one. Lord, we pray for missionaries who are serving, for those who are leading uh, churches and a part of churches and working together. For Todd and Sarah, our, our global partners who had the timely opportunity uh, to be able to do what we just saw. But God, we also pray that people would come to know Jesus Christ and that even in the middle of this war and all the destruction that is happening, that people would come to know Jesus Christ, that more people would be called to Christ. God, would you be glorified in the midst of what looks like a complete disaster? God, would you be glorified? And would you be lifted up? And God, help us to pray 
and to keep praying and help us to be informed by your word as we pray. That we might pray according to your word and according to your will. And so, Lord, we do ask and we pray protection over our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This leads us to our next opportunity, and that's to pray for God's calling. Pray for God's calling. In verse 16, Jesus says, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So in the same way that Jesus is not of this world, those who belong to Jesus are not of this world. It's really where we get the whole idea of the term church. Church is not a term that actually means a building. That's, that's not what the term means at all. What church means is those who have been called out. That's what it means. It means the called out ones, the assembly. Church is people, people who have been called out to Christ. And I would just share with you this thought. Which of your neighbors are you planning to invite to Easter? And what I mean by that is, who in your neighborhood, however that works, maybe it's apartments or, or suburban or maybe it's country, however that works for you, but who are you praying that they're gonna be called out to Christ this Easter? That they're gonna be called out to Christ. And I would encourage you to be thinking about that. In fact, as you go through this prayer guide, it's pretty instructive of ways you can be praying for your neighborhood and, and really timely and so I would encourage you to be doing that, thinking about how can you be praying for people to be called out to Christ. We've got this, uh, a ministry that's, um, it's an international ministry where there's a local chapter, a gal from our church is involved in it. It's called Moms in Prayer. This is what they're doing. They're picking a school and they're praying for it. And they're praying that kids would be called out to Christ at that school. Maybe you'd start praying for the neighborhood school that you're, you know, most, most communities have a school that you're attached to, right? Maybe you just start right there and be praying for those kids, praying that kids might be called out to Christ. We could be praying for God's transformation. In verse 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. In other words, the word of God is doing an incredible work. It's changing people's lives. As the Holy Spirit of God is working and using his word, it's sanctifying. It's changing people into the image of Christ that we might be transformed. And we can be praying for one another that we would be transformed. So again, I would encourage you, utilize this prayer guide. Let's go on this together for 45 days. Let's seek the Lord together and see what it is that he might wanna do as we seek him together in prayer as a church. So way number one that we can be really supportive to our entire church family is through prayer. Way number two is through service. And we're gonna move through the rest of this passage uh, pretty quickly, but it's service. And we'll see how that's informed in the next verse. But I would just share this as an update. Last weekend, 645 people filled out this card, the help and serving card, which is really great, really incredible. And we're celebrating that 645 people filled out this help and serving card. But let me be clear, the, the goal is 100%. So if you haven't filled out this card, I want you to fill this card out and I want you to do it today. You can go to the information center, you can grab a card. If you're with us online, you can do it online. And here's why, we do not want anyone to miss out on the opportunity to be in service to Jesus Christ because of the next verse. Look at the next verse, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. What does that mean? That means in the same way the Father has sent the Son into the world, all those that the Father has given the Son, the Son has sent into the world. If you belong to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has sent you in service. If you are a part of Jesus Christ, it is the plan of Jesus Christ to mobilize you in service for him. Don't ever think ministry is for those other Christians. That's not theological and it's not true. If you are in Christ, you are to be serving Jesus Christ. It is his plan 
for you that you would serve him. And so we wanna encourage you in that. And that's what this is about. It's about helping us take a step to be in service to Jesus Christ. Our help and serving ministry has this phrase, thinking and doing the next right thing that God has planned for me. Isn't that a great phrase? Thinking and doing the next right thing that God has planned for me. In other words, just do one thing at a time, right? Just take one step at a time. Follow Jesus Christ in the very next thing he has for you to do. Don't worry about step two, step three, step four. Just what does he has for you right now? When we serve, we can serve with God's purpose. This is really living set apart for what God desires. Verse 19, and for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. So Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm set apart so that others might be set apart. And what a great way for us to be praying for ourselves and for others, that we might be set apart so that others might be set apart. You know, maybe that would be, you know, we talked about the short-term mission opportunity. There's two that are available for people to sign up to participate in with Mexico and Dominican Republic. You might say, hey, I wanna be set apart because I want some other people to be able to be set apart. And maybe you'd go on one of those trips. Maybe you'd help, you know, participate in supporting one of those trips. I wanna be set apart so others can be set apart. It makes me think about when we send kids to Hume Lake. Uh, our high school students will go to Hume Lake this summer. Hume Lake is a great place to send a teenager who doesn't know Jesus Christ. It's an incredible place because it, it's just so focused on bringing kids to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you might say, you know what? I wanna be set apart so some kids could be set apart and they could discover Christ. So I want to be set apart so that they could be set apart. It's really like the mindset when we think about our Christmas offering, our Christmas Eve offering, where it's an offering that we, 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 um, we bring in for the purpose of sending out, right? It's for other ministries. It's for the community. It's for other churches and organizations. And we say, hey, we want to be set apart because we want some other people to be set apart. Really serving with God's purpose but also serving with God's word, serving by focusing the truth of God to others. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. In this first Verse here, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In that verse right there, Jesus prays for all believers over all time. If you have believed in the word of God, Jesus prayed for you in verse 20. If you have received the word of God, Jesus prayed for you in this verse right here. For all those who will believe in me through your word. If you have come to know Jesus Christ through his word, you are an answer to John 17, verse 20. You are the answer to Jesus' prayer when he prayed that you would believe in him through his word. It's incredible. It's incredible. Maybe you would say, you know what? I want to serve with God's word. I want to sit down with somebody and I want to share God's word with them. I'm gonna sit down with somebody one-on-one -on -one and I'll share some of God's word with them. Maybe you say, you know what? I wanna open up my home, that my home might be a place for God's word to be in my neighborhood. And maybe you'd host a group. Maybe you'd say, hey, I wanna lead a group. I wanna lead a group. I mean, our family, we host a group, but we don't lead it. There's another person who comes in and leads it. We just open up the doors. But maybe you'd say, hey, I wanna lead a group. 
We've got opportunities with our small groups, our life groups, and you might say, hey, I wanna be a part of serving with God's word in a small group. You know, we've got this school, and it's education for kids, but every class the kids take, the word of God is involved. It's an incredible environment for kids to have education. And you might say, you know what? I wanna be a part of supporting having children receive an education where the word of God is in every classroom. And you might say, I wanna have my kid be in that school. Or you might say, you know what? I just wanna support it. I wanna help what, what is happening through the ministry of Big Valley Christian School as the word of God is in the classroom, every classroom. And you, you know, well, an opportunity to do that, maybe you'd wanna participate in the auction. Say, look, I just wanna be a part of uh, the solution for God's word being in a Christian education environment and maybe you'd wanna participate in the auction. The last one, serving with God's love. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I've given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one. Just think about that. Think about that. Think about the answer to Jesus' prayer right there that we'd be perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. In other words, as the father has so loved the son, the son has so loved us that we might know the love of the father. And as we serve with the love of the father, we are introducing people to the love that the father has for the son, that the son has given to us that they might know the love of the Father. You might say, you know what? I wanna serve in Big Valley Grace Kids Ministry so that every kid that comes on to one of our campuses meets the love of the Father. And so I'm gonna serve with some kids because I wanna make sure every kid experiences the love of the Father. You might, you know, we got this baseball field that's out on our property and we have the Miracle League. The Miracle League is, is a sports league for kids who have a different set of needs when it comes to playing sports. And you might say, you know what? I'm gonna show up and participate in that because I wanna make sure every one of those kids experiences the love of the Father or every one of those families experiences the love of the Father. You might say, I wanna participate in one of the local reach ministries. We have a ton of local reach partners. You can find them all on our website. You wouldn't really be able to see it right here. There's so many of them. You can go to our website. There's a bunch of them. You say, I'm gonna get involved in the community with one of our local reach partners because I want people to meet the love of the Father. Maybe you say, you know, I wanna get involved with fostering or adoption because I want kids from hard places to meet the love of the Father. This is an adoption class my wife and I have. It's online, on demand. Don't judge me if you watch this class. We did this years ago. My wife hasn't aged a day and I'm 20 years older. I do not know what happened, <laughs> but that's what's true. But you can watch that and maybe you'd say, hey, I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna actually welcome a kid in my home or I wanna support someone who's welcomed a child into their home from a really hard place so that they might have an experience to know the love of the Father. And that really is the heart behind this. Jesus not only prayed for you, but he sent you into service. And we wanna make sure that we partner with every person who's here to help you be in service, that you might be a conduit of the love of the Father. So I would encourage you, if you haven't filled one of these out yet, do it today, write out the information center or fill it out online. We want every person to be able to be engaged in service.
So when we think about being supportive of our entire church family and as we look at this prayer that Jesus prays, two kind of big categories. One is we're supportive to our church family through prayer. And two, we're supportive to our church family through service. And when we prayerfully serve, we glorify Jesus Christ. When we prayerfully serve, we glorify Jesus Christ. Every day, I have to make a decision. Today, am I gonna worship Joel or am I gonna worship Jesus? It's a decision I have to make every single day. Today, will I worship Joel or will I worship Jesus Christ? A prayer that I pray often is, Lord, when I get done with today, will I have spent my day on Jesus Christ? Will I have invested this time on Jesus Christ? God, help me to spend my day to where I get to the end of it and I'll have spent it on Jesus. Jesus ends the prayer in verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with you, may be with me where I am to see my glory. So again, he, he begins this prayer about the glory of God. It's glory all through the middle and, and in the end of it. It's all about the glory of God. It's, it's Christ's total focus is the glory of the Father. That you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Incredible. This is an incredible prayer. It's the prayer of Jesus Christ for us. And we can learn from it. We can grow from it. And we want to walk in it. We want to be the answer to the things he's praying about here. And as we think about, really, big picture, the whole point of why we're going through this series, it's, I would really want you to hear it as an invitation. It's an invitation into healthy, active membership in the body of Christ. And what that might look like here for you to participate at Big Valley Grace Community Church. And so I would want you to hear it as an invitation. And I mentioned so many opportunities today. I would encourage you just to think, what's one thing? What, what is one step that I could take today that would be one step of growth in being healthy and active as a member of the body of Christ right here at Big Valley Grace Community Church? And your one thing's gonna be different than the person next to you, but what would be one thing, one way that you could respond to the Lord in taking a step of growth as a member of his body? So I want to encourage you to stand. And again, I invite you, if you uh, would want to take advantage of the membership process, we have the classes all across our campuses, all through this series. I'm going to pray for us, and then our team is going to lead us in singing to close our time. Father God, Lord, as we go on this journey of 45 days in prayer together as a church family, Lord, I'm asking would we become the answer to the things you prayed for in John 17? God, would we become these things? Would you grow us in these ways as a church? Lord, we need you. We need you. Thank you that you have given us your word. We need it. And thank you that you have placed your Holy Spirit in the lives of every person who has placed faith in Jesus Christ because we need it. We need you active in our lives to lead us and to guide us. And we need you active in our church as a whole to guide us and to lead us. And so as we spend 45 days in prayer, God, would you change us? Would we be changed because we've spent time with you?
And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen. amen.